The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thanks for downloading the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emma Kennedy, joined as usual by At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. Good to have you on board, my friend. And also, it's the return of Mr. Rory DeLarge from Matchbook. Welcome back to the show, Rory. Pleasure to be here. Uh, great to have you on board. We spent so much time talking about jump racing, and now, now our flat hats are on. Now we are very firmly fixed on the 2018 flat season. Last year was a record-breaking one for Aidan O'Brien, so I think we should start by talking about the classics because his horses, surprise, surprise, dominate the betting for those races. Uh, Aidan O'Brien has been spending quite a bit of time recently with Kevin Blake, corporate function, but also... Kevin got in there before anybody else and managed to get a stable tour published on attheraces.com. I believe the journalists were looking at you, giving you the old stink eye the next day, Kevin. They weren't a bit <laughs> impressed that you'd actually taken some initiative and got in there first. <laughs> so well done. Good job. Good job. Uh, let's, let's talk about Saxon Warrior, first of all, um, for the... 2000 and for the Derby. So he has started to be talked about as a guineas horse. Uh, off air, I was talking to Rory about this as well. Um, because he's a racing post trophy winner, you would almost automatically expect him to be a Derby horse. But do you think that he could be a guineas horse? Um, well, that's what they're going to try and do. Um, I don't I don't think he's ever, not, well, certainly not to me anyway, he's never looked like he's lacked for pace. Um, we do associate uh, racing post trophy winners with horses that will go on. Um, over longer trips the following season but you know it has been won by plenty of pacey horses too and this fella I like the way he did it and the race didn't pan out ideally he, he kind of got left in the race a bit early with two pacemakers having uh, perhaps gone off a little bit too quick and um, coming back to the field a little bit sooner than anyone would have ideally liked um, and Roaring Lion came to beat him and he, he battled right back and, and went and got the better of him so I think his, his attitude was much to be admired. He essentially won the race twice, which is a big ask for, of any horse, especially at Group 1 level. Um, and yeah, I feel he'll have the pace for the guineas. Um, he's a lovely, like he's got a big action, but I think Newmarket won't be a problem for him. And um, yeah, like uh, there's, not, there's an awful lot to like about him physically. Uh, big, strong boy. And he's a horse that will be holding a lot of uh, hopes for the Coolmore team because he is, of course, by Deep Impact. Um, and you know, Coolmore haven't had many sons and daughters of deep impact um, in, in Ireland as of yet. But if they can make a sire out of this fella, and he's very much on his way to being a, a high-profile sire prospect, that would be huge because that's a, a total outcross, really, for, for all the, the blood that they have there of, of Galileo's head as well, Zamanju and everything else. So um, he's a very, very important one. Um, and just on the subject of deep impact, did you know, I'm sure you did know, um, that both winter and minding... Um, have are in Japan at the minute, uh, and presumably already have been covered by Deep Impact. So yeah, over there to visit him. It's it's exciting that because it's it's obviously a shame for Final Four on podcast listeners that we don't get another go with Winter as a as a four year old. But I can completely understand the reasons for retiring her. But the fact that they've decided that th- this obviously isn't the first time that they've sent an elite mare there. Peeping Fawn has made the journey over along with a number of others. But this is two more elite mares being sent. Uh, halfway around the world and being sent to Deep Impact. So Coolmore are, are very firmly investing in that stallion. Yeah, I think they, they, they've sent over three every year now for, for a few years. 
and uh, they, they've got results to be fair and, and this deep this um, Saxon warrior is the pick of them so far and if he can go on and win a classic uh, he will be worth his weight in gold um, pretty much quite literally <laughs> I think yeah. uh, um, you know well, in, in his second career but we'll worry about the first career um, first and foremost and uh, I, I picked up nothing but positivity really of Aiden's talking about him um, I think he's, he sounded quite hopeful that he'll stay well enough to you know, potentially go close in a derby. So, yeah, he, he's a very exciting horse. And it's difficult, you know, often there's one big horse in Bally Doyle. Obviously, there's dozens there that will operate at group, at group level, but you tend to have one at this time of year that they really focus on. And I don't think that's the case this year. There's, there's a few others as well, excuse me, that seem to be on um, relatively le- level pegging, I suppose. The, the most notable amongst them, is, certainly with the guineas in mind, is Gustav Klimt. Yeah, and, and we'll deal with him in a second. Uh, it is worth bearing in mind that Churchill would have been, what, even money? Six to four this mm. time last year for the 2000 Guineas. Probably even money, I would think. And yet, as you said, um, while Saxon Warrior is a, is very much a big horse for, for Aidan O'Brien, he doesn't necessarily come into the season with that kind of, of, of talk about him. If I was to push you for a bet, for Final Furlong Podcast listeners in terms of a classic with him, that if you wanted to nail him as being a horse who will win one of these two races, would it be the Derby or would it be the 2000 Guineas? Well, like uh, in terms of probabilities and percentages, you know, I'd probably say 2000 Guineas just because there's so many, you know, it's a mile, it's a track that he should have no problems with. Um, and he, he looks like he'll be ready to go good and early. Whereas when you talk about the derby, there's just so many variables that are that are difficult to weigh up. You couldn't you couldn't say with certainty that he'll stay a mile and a half. You could certainly be hopefully he could stay it, but you definitely couldn't say with certainty. And the track being as it is, um, you can never be certain with that either. You know. So in terms of you, if you made me pick one or one or the other, it would probably be the guineas. All right, Rory. For you, he's clearly an exciting type. Uh, he's clearly a horse who's going to get a lot of attention. I'm actually surprised he's not shorter, but you would be keen to take him on. In the guineas, yeah. Um, only because I think, uh, you know, like Kevin makes the point that he wasn't particularly well served by the way the race was run at Doncaster. Um, you, you would have expected the pace to hold up a little bit better, uh, particularly as as everyone expected verbal dexterity. Jim Bulger's um, uh, Colt, who was... An impressive winner of the national stakes. He was expected to make the running and stay and stay very well. He looked a little bit short of pace at times last year, but looked a real stayer. Um, and he couldn't get involved. Um, they probably did go plenty fast enough. Um, the, the sectional timings uh, confirmed that. It was a slowish finish. But I thought it was very, very impressive how the runner-up um, got into the race and got to the front before sort of hanging his way um, out of victory in the dying stages roaring line. He saw a lot of daylight. Um, and I think if you're, it's, it's fair enough to say Saxon Warrior didn't have the race run the way they would have expected, but Roaring Lion um, was down the flank on his own, um, made a lot of ground from the back of the field to hit the fronts and then just ran around a little bit. You can argue that two ways. You can argue that being at the back of the field in a, in a, a race that was run at an overly strong pace, maybe flattered him a little bit and you'd be concerned about his temperament having got to the front and then managed to lose it. But I thought he exposed a weakness in Saxon Warrior in that 
he made him look a little bit one paced at a crucial stage of the race. Fair play to Saxon Warrior, he battled his way back. And I'm not saying that I'd be all over Roaring Lion in a rematch. Um, but, you know, it was interesting to see how that panned out the last furlong of the race. So I thought it made Saxon Warrior look like he might um, be vulnerable, kept to a mile this season. I think, you know, he's definitely going to stay a mile and a quarter. He should stay a mile and a half. Um, so the gainies might be a little bit of a, an issue for him. But then again, you're looking for, for what's liable to beat him on the day. And you end up coming into, you know, coming up against stable companions, the likes of US Navy flag. Um Who's probably the top rated in the race, isn't he? Mm. I suppose based on what he did last season. But there's still a sense that you, it's difficult for a horse that came to have gone to the well so often last season uh, and still be a champion. And of course, he disappointed at Del Mar in his final start. So um, I don't know. I mean, Saxon, as I said, Saxon Warrior is a really exciting three-year-old prospect. But, but whether he's a, a Guinea's horse, I'd be slightly uh, dubious about, depending on um, how the other players the lines are not going into that yeah there's some interesting points that have not been mentioned yeah we'll, um, and and we'll fine. and we will certainly get to them as well and and get your bet for the guineas a little bit later on but we better tackle these aiden o'brien horses first of all because there's there is going to be a, a lot of focus on them um i did like the fact that saxon warrior really surged back when he needed to in the in the racing bus trophy to be fair to him um once the once it, it it came to the point of the race where he had to go and win it he was able to go and do that and he fought back quite well in a race that as kevin said didn't go his way um u.s navy flag i have to say is very interesting to me kevin uh, he did go to del mar and it didn't work out at all but then again he was running on the dirt and they were going for that record-breaking season and they may as well have but the thing i like about him is it took a while for the penny to drop but once it did he really has been very very good Oh yeah, he was a wonderful two-year-old. But you know, if he was trained by anyone else, you'd be saying, "Oh God, how he surely can't train on all that well." You know, he's had eleven starts, and he's been kept going from May up until November. It, it was a very tough season. But you know, his second last start was his, was his best one. His third last start was the second best one. You know, so like you say, he was really coming good at the back end. And mm. um, you'd be happy enough to forget about that that effort on dirt. I thought they probably went quick enough in front. And, um, yeah, you'd, you'd always forgive a horse a disappointing run on dirt, especially at the end of, of a really long season. Um, and look, he's he's won a Dewhurst, and there's very few Dewhurst winners that don't go on to show uh, that they stay a mile. Uh, you know, Air Force Blue has been the only one in recent oh. history that, that is... <laughs> that that has really let the side down in terms of Dewhurst winners training on and staying a mile but you have to go a fair way back uh, prior to that actually those war fronts one. don't turn on a, don't, they don't train on at all Kevin those <laughs> war fronts never train on <laughs> um, but look like I say if he was trained by anyone else because the thing about Aiden has shown especially in recent seasons you know he's taken horses you know fillies and colts that have had seemingly had really tough uh, juvenile campaigns and seemingly lacked physical scope to improve his three-year-olds and uh, and got them out winning group ones at three you know so yeah. um I, I wouldn't let those bare facts put you off but would he be near the top of my list personally no um it by the sounds of it um he he's not certain he'll stay a mile um he, he has shown plenty of pace he obviously won um, a middle park as well mm. um so yeah he, he wouldn't be high on my list for for a guineas now to be honest i wouldn't be surprised if he ends up running there um makes the running and maybe just gets outpointed uh in the, in the latter stages okay 
All right, he could not, be not, a, not a bad pacemaker to have in your in your in your house. <laughs> a dangerously good pacemaker, some might argue. And and that and that is what the what is the absolute key to it being a pacemaker. There has to be a horse that people fear. People yep. won't be giving this fella too much rope because he's a very good horse. Exactly, he's too good, and you, you give him the rope, he'll go and do it. One, two, three, four in the. Dewhurst, which was extraordinary when you think about it. Mendelssohn will go to Dubai for the UAE Derby, and he will go to the, we imagine, the run for the Roses, the Kentucky Derby as well. And there's a lot of talk about him, obviously. Derby! The Derby! The Kentucky Derby! (laughs) Live on NBC! Uh, And best of luck to Nick Luck, who will be there working for that. Uh, Obviously, he was a star at the Breeders' Cup as well, and there's a lot of talk about him, given his pedigree. This is a brother to roly-poly, Kevin. She did improve at three. I just, I just see this horse winning a Group One. Whether or not it'll be the Guineas, I don't know, but I can see him landing a Group One at three. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, Roly Poly is a fantastic example of what I was talking about. You know, she had a, a very tough juvenile campaign. She had eight starts that fin- and finished up in the Breeders' Cup. Um, a very handy filly size-wise, and you say, yeah, that's the end of her. And on she goes to win how many Group Ones? To three Group Ones, I think yeah. it was last year. You know, phenomenal stuff. So. Um, never rule out uh, a horse trained by Aiden uh, with that sort of profile, but he just wouldn't be top of my list. Like you say, he could be one that goes to France a little bit later in the year and wins a Group One there, or maybe he'll maybe he'll win all the classics next year. Who knows? But I doubt it myself. Okay, it would be this year. And uh, <laughs> first, did I say next year? You did say well, next year. It's all right, Kevin. I'm, I'm still I'm still in uh, still in back end of the season. Mode. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we we really we really recorded this in November. Uh, so. Well, I did. What is, what is it they say? The, the 2000 Guineas is the last two-year-old race. That year. is. That Indeed. is what they say. Yeah. And arguably, uh, people who back Churchill would say the exact same thing. Oh, yeah, there you go. Proof. Proof perfect that that was. That and the Irish 2000 Guineas. And that was the end of it. Oh, dear. Um, so you're fairly lukewarm on US Navy flag. I definitely am interested in him. I don't know if I could bring myself to back him for the Guineas. I really like Saxon Warrior. That's our thoughts on the race. Rory, you have a very different opinion here. What is your thought on a bet for the 2000 Guineas? Oh, I think you, you've got to throw a, a couple of English trained horses in there. Ah, oh, what are Sure, this expert I got absolutely... Listen, listen, ah, hold on a second now. The, the best English horse was expert I, and he got spanked. He couldn't even go a yard with them. In the, and then, oh, I suppose there was an excuse afterwards then. Ah, sure, he couldn't live up to the expectations at all. <laughs> Expert Eye has to be taken seriously this season. I think Expert Eye is a really good horse myself. Um, I'm more than happy to forgive the Jew horse. I think it, the race went totally wrong for it. For um, top female jockey Andrea Zini immediately out of the stalls because um, he got no cover at all. Um, and that you you need cover with this horse because he's a very strong traveller. Um, I was really impressed with what he did at Goodwood. Um, I think Expert Eye is a sprinter myself. Um, that would be I I had those I had those feelings after Goodwood. Um, I think he's if he was trained by someone else, I'm, I'm certain he would have started off over six furlongs. And uh, I suspect that that might well be where he ends up. He could be a Commonwealth Cup horse. Um, I don't doubt his ability, but I do. Uh, I would be concerned about his his ability to stay a mile at the highest level. He was beaten Amazing. too far out in the Jewhurst, but that was the point you were making in the lead up to that race when he was a red hot favorite. You were saying, "I think this could be a sprinter." Um, would you expect him to go yeah, for the Guineas anyway? 
I think so with, with his connections I'd imagine they would and like you know I think people ex- when they're trying to pinpoint a horse as not having stayed they try they, they're, in terms of race reading they're looking for a horse that comes there swinging and doesn't find and he was obviously off the bridle quite a way out but as Rory says I think he just he just put in so much exertion he ran the race upside down and he, he just pulled so hard early that his trousers were, were well and truly filled um, three furlongs out and he just had no more to give and it was as simple as that, really. You know, I think it, it's it's not so much. I'm sure he he could stay a mile if he stay if he settled. But on the evidence, the race course evidence we've seen so far, now I think Sir Michael Stout would have had to have done a uh, a serious transformation job on him during the winter months for him to relax sufficiently to give himself a chance to get home over a mile. Mm, if any man's capable of it, it's him, though. To be fair, uh, you're not interested in him as a guinea horse, but Rory, are you still going to keep the faith? I think I think he needs to be, uh, you know, if you're going to do a preview of the Guineas, you can't skip over him, is the point that I would make. Uh, I'd also give a, a quick mention to one more uh, UK train horse, and that's um, LR Cam of Mark Johnson's. Absolutely. Unbeaten, son of Franco out of attraction. She's by a, an outstanding 2,000 Guineas winner um, out of an, a, an outstanding 1,000 Guineas winner. Um, and he, although he, he, you know, he was brought along steadily last season, very impressive winning a conditions race at York first time up um, and then he his last appearance was in the um, the Tattersall Somerville Sticks um, at Newmarket where again he won with um, a fair bit up his sleeve he's probably you know on the figures got about 10 pounds to find with the very best of these but that's understandable given that he was kept away from the best company um, last year it was very very impressive in two starts the horse he beat easily tip two win of Roger Teal's um, has done very well since. He's really tough. He's been in, um, in Doha, um, winning the, the, the Albida mile out there, um, which probably doesn't represent an improvement in what he did, but um, he's, he's won both his starts since and is clearly a pretty useful um, uh, horse himself. And LR Cam j- just made a really striking impression, both in, ter- in terms of his physique and the way he won his races. And I think there's a lot of improvement to come from him. All right. What's your bet for the two thousand guineas? Is it him? If I if you had to tie me down to to a single bet in the race, I think I'd probably go Alakam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Kevin? Yeah, I think we can probably flick through a few more um, while we're at it, as the man says. Um, I I actually watched all of Alakam's his two races back again this morning, and I, I suppose the the really impressive thing about him is just how strong he was late late on in his races. You know, he he he'd steadily wind into it, wind into it, and then you know, final one hundred and fifty yards bang and be really strong you know i think that's always very impressive uh i i, I did notice he got very sweaty down at the start um prior to his um his his second start you know that's something that might it might just have been one of those things on the day but it might be something worth keeping a little eye out for um it's I no surprise got... given his pedigree is it yeah yeah because is, not is, only is he... was frankel frankel liable to get a bit lit up but so was attraction yeah and she was she um... was viewed as a five for long filly for a long time until she proved she said a mile by winning the guineas. She was a sensational filly. Is he going to go for a trial, Rory? Do you know, or will he go straight there? Or I don't know. I'm there? not sure what the plan is. Um, he may go straight there. But again, given he's only had two runs, it, it might not be a bad idea to take in a trial, but I do not know what the plan is. Cool. Um, I think I, and I neither of these might come over, but I think there's two very interesting horses in France there at the minute. And I know one is, it, certainly one is being seriously considered to come over. And that's um, Sacred Life. 
his his if you if you're not familiar with him, you can find you can track down his um, his videos on YouTube because the French are be quite good at sticking their videos on YouTube. And um, wouldn't mm-hmm. have super high profile connections, but the one you want to concentrate on is his last start in the pre Thomas Byron um, at Saint Clou. And again, it was just. It was one of those where he he's come off the bridal tree for lungs out, and you're like, oh, and he's had he's had to he's had to switch a little bit to get open air. But by God, when he's found open air, he is he was very strong in the final furlong, very very strong, and that that was over seven furlongs. He looks like he he really appreciated a mile. The ground was was very soft on that occasion, uh, officially, and looking at the way he moves, I'd say a sounder surface will suit him just fine. I believe the plan for him is to go for a trial in France and then potentially uh, come over here for the Guineas, uh, depending on what happens in the trial. But he, he's a horse, just to bear in mind. He's a big old price for the Guineas now. Um, but he beat a British-trained horse called uh, Alba Power, who isn't a bad old yardstick there. It's a sort of, uh, you know, a level of about 100. You know, that that's his. I think his, I think his official rating is actually exactly 100. But he was exposed behind some, you know, some good, strong, just good, decent horses in this neck of the woods um, through the season. And Sacred Life has absolutely smashed him by six lengths. So that kind of gives us a bit of context. And the other one uh, in France is called Wooden. Yeah, he he's a very interesting horse. Now, he looks very, very talented, trained by uh, Henri-Alex Pantal. <laughs> <laughs> In my best Jack Raku accent. <laughs> Thanks to Jack Raku for assisting on that one. Um, but if if you can track down the video of his debut, uh, he was he was quite sensational, really, because he he's run around like an absolute idiot when he's hit the front. He's hanging left, he's hanging right. He he's jinked violently at one stage and nearly got rid of Mikel Barcelona. And despite all of that, he's still gone and won by six lengths, um, over a mile at Deauville. Uh, Godolphin stepped in, and I can only imagine they would have had to pay a right few quid for him because uh, plenty of people were chit-chatting after that um, extremely impressive debut. And he came out, it was, a, it was a little while, but it was in the middle of October, he came back out again at Deauville, and you, you'll be able to get the full replay of this on the YouTube. And he, he looked much more straightforward this day, I thought. He, uh, he, he, he consented to settle, he, he moved into the race very well. And again, the, the main feature was just how strong he was late on. He was, he was very, very strong off the bridle. And he, he's just an exciting horse. And I think he's going to go for a trial and then more than likely the French guineas. But um, something else that I, that I noted about him, if you watch him closely, he, like he makes very smooth headway into the lead. And his head carriage changes a little bit once he hits the front. You, you, you see this occasionally. He just, his head just elevates a little bit. And you, I get the impression he's just having a good look around him. But he's in. while all this is going on, he's still powering away from the field. And ultimately wins by five lengths. You know, moves like a horse that that a sounder surface will suit. And um, yeah, you know, I know sometimes the, the French can be a small bit underplayed um, in this neck of the woods. But those are two that are definitely worth keeping eye on, uh, whether they come over to Newmarket or not. Okay, very interesting. It's interesting have, have you, ma- you mentioned that, Kevin, as well. Sorry. What's that? Sorry, I was just going to say that Alba Parr, who I know a little bit about, having ghosted Hugo Palmer's column last season. Um, was further behind uh, Wooden in that race than he was um, behind the uh, uh, the other one you mentioned, Sacred Life. Yes, I think he's been about seven odd lengths by Wooden second time. So, uh, given how consistent Alba Parr was through the season, um, you'd say he was a fair yardstick. 
Yeah, I'd say they're, I'd say they're two very good Colts now. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll be watching them with interest. And I suppose there will be people shouting and roaring at their... Well, hold at their on, hold on a second. Say, with, Pop... with, Gust- with no Gustav Clips mentioned. Hold on a second. Pop quiz, hot shot. Who's the damn sire of Wooden? Um, don't have... It was that spoofer American Post who robbed Antonius Pius when he decided to just <laughs> slam himself into the rail and throw it all away. Justice for Antonius yeah, Pius. Did he win the race and post trophy as well? American Post. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and then he, he then did. he won all those those French classics. But he was a spoofer, an absolute spoofer. <laughs> Justice for Antonius, Antonius Pius. Antonius Pius. Jesus. I, I do. I, do you want a real a real shameful statement here? Yeah. I sent a mayor to Antonius Pius. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait! Hold on, hold on, hold on! This is this is breaking news. <laughs> Kevin Blake, an intelligent racehorse breeder, watched not only his run in the French Classic when he decided to go and slam himself into the rail when he was in front, but then you also watched his Breeders' Cup Mile when he did the exact same thing and went, "Yeah, yeah that's that's the horse for me. That's the one I'm gonna go for." <laughs> Oh God! Well, the, 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 there was some meta to the madness. The rationale was he, fantastic pedigree, beautiful looker by Danzig, and if he had done the right thing and won those races as he should have, based on his talent, he would have been costing four times as much. So then I take the chance. He didn't do the right thing. He was a screwball, oh. and he turned out to be some shambles. Of I'm sure I would have been two years ago. <laughs> terrible. I used suggesting to say, that he might actually turn out to be a, a good broodmare sire, which will take uh, a long time to, to come to fruition. But let's see, I, I can actually f- I, tell you, I can find this for you here, and the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> if, any, if anything, and I'm not even taking the piss. If anything, he's been a worse broodmare sire than a sire. <laughs> he's just a he's just an abomination of a, of a horse and a sire. I'm sorry. That can brought, we back up a second? Nothing but misery. To anyone ever associated with because, it. <laughs> because I was laughing too much. Rory, did you try to, to, to claim credit for going, oh, well, he'll be a good broodmare, sire. Because <laughs> if you did, that was a, that was a horrendous aftertime. Oh, Antonius Pius. We, hard, we hardly knew you, Tony P. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Well, I, I would say that that was 10 years ago. I was still a young fella learning my trade. That's <laughs> you, le- you learned and you learned well. My God. That's, a, that's also a cautionary tale. Just to mention Antonius Pius with a view to anti-post betting is just a cautionary tale. Uh, obviously, Gustav Klimt is the worst that we have to talk about, Kevin, before we, we wrap up. And you're absolutely right to highlight him. Uh, he's been off the track since he was, dare I say, visually impressive. He was visually impressive. Some would say for the wrong reasons when he beat Nebo um, in that he did everything wrong. But the fact is that he showed a great turn of foot and great guts to go and win when it looked like it was impossible. Uh, Ryan Moore did everything wrong more so than poor Augusta. Yeah, good shout actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, but to be honest, like I know he's a very high profile coach and everything else and clearly very promising, but like I'm pretty sure we, we touched on it during the summer. Like I haven't been blown away by him yet, but I, I to be fair, I don't think I don't think we've we've obviously seen the very best of him yet either because you know, he, he's come off the bridle quite a long way out in his races and made and that's what made Ryan Moore's job difficult. Um, at Newmarket on, on, on his last start because he just came off the bridle and he wasn't carrying him well enough to, to, to take the gaps when they appeared and all the gaps ended up closing and he gets badly checked and he's done really well to win 
but he just needs to wake up a bit. And I, I said this to to Aiden, but you know, doing that stable tour, you know, and he felt he was of the view that like he, it was just that they've really focused on relaxing him the whole time at home, and that you know now that he's a bit more mature, they'll be able to just put some more sharpness into him, and he expects him to to travel better, you know, as he gains an experience. But for yeah, for me in my book, he needs to step up. You know, he missed mm-hmm. all the big, the big, the big races at the back end because he had a he had a small muscle tweak, I think, and that that ultimately ruled him out. And they didn't want to give him a real squeeze to to get him back for something like the Dewhurst. Um, so yeah, like I, I think he's got a bit to prove. Uh, he's a short enough price for uh, the Guineas. He he seems to be very much considered a Guineas horse. He may well go to that the the newly shortened trial at at Leopardstown. Um, in the meantime, but yeah, I, I just wouldn't. And nothing Aiden said put me off. Now it's just my own opinion. Um, I just think he, he, what he, what he's done on the track thus far, perhaps doesn't justify him being as short as he is at the minute. Yeah, Barraquero fairly did away with Nebo the next time easily enough, and he was behind Sands of Mali, and uh, maybe he's an an all right yardstick. He did win at the end of the season. Just briefly touch on those. Guinea's trials for us because obviously Edna Bryan is famed for bringing horses to Newmarket first time up but the shortened Guinea's trial at Newmarket the point he was making is sorry the shortened Guinea's trial at Leopardstown I should say the point was that he didn't want to be running a horse over uh, the mile trip um, how significant do you think this is going to be and, and, and by the sounds of things they're keen to support it but are they going to be supporting the races with elite horses like him It'd be really interesting. They're making the right sort of noises, but you know, statistically, there's a huge trend for for Aiden to send his colts directly to Newmarket, hmm. and has had an awful lot of success doing so. Whereas it's been more of a mixed bag with the fillies. And, and statistically, you'd be and we we spoke about this last year, you know, surrounding winter. Obviously, statistically, you, you'd be much better off supporting the fillies of Aidens that have had a run prior to the Guineas. You know, they do very well. He's had he's you know, minding obviously went straight there, but but she was the only one generally. Yeah, generally the ones that that have had a run yeah. have, have done much better. And minding to be bigger prices. Minding's well. the only one to have to have run in the one thousand guineas without a prep run and win. So the trends boys got it right that year, uh, or, or got a spank in that year. Then they decided to change. Oh, this is the new thing, and then winter came along. Thanks, Kevin. All well, there would have been a fair few that that went to Newmarket Phillies that went to Newmarket at a very short price, um, without a run. Mm. And uh, and got duffed. There would have been a fair few of those, you know. So it's not. Yeah. It's that's... it's something that you have to be aware of. But it's just there could be this new trial just could be a changing variable for the for the Colts now, and it'll be very interesting to see what what turns up. Um, I know he's going to. It, it, by the sounds of it, he could have a heap of runners in the Phillies trial, but the the, the Colts trial would just be interesting now, okay. because it wouldn't be a surprise to me now if the, if the big guns don't go to the trial, the really big guns. And a few of the, the, not quite the second team, but the ones just slightly below those top two or three maybe will turn up there and they'll, they'll just use it as a water testing exercise to see how it works out. All right. After all of this, you're sticking with Saxon Warrior? Um, I don't know if I am. I wasn't, you know, I'd, uh, he wasn't really my selection. I just said I'd, I'd rather him for the Guineas than the Derby. One of the Frenchies? <laughs> Um, if I knew they were coming, I'd be very interested in them. But I think I say when it comes down to us, um, they probably won't come. I don't have a strong view in the 2000 Guineas, to be honest, Evan. There's nothing jumping out at me now amongst the market leaders, certainly. Um, if you wanted one at a big price, 
um, that that I was impressed with, in you know, very unexposed, is Herculean. I'm an English horse, heaven forbid. Uh, what has happened I, to you? I just put, hey, I'm looking for something of interest there at a much bigger price, just for for reasons prior stated about the market leaders. Um, he won his maiden at Ascot first time out. Um, he was well well expected in the market. Son of Frankel out of African Rose, Roger Charlton, mm. and I just really liked the way he did it. Um, lovely, enthusiastic way of going, as you'd expect for for a Frankel. Um, and I, I thought, you know, when he got to the front, he was probably only doing the minimum, but he was still, um, you know, well in charge of the line. I like the way he moves. I'd say better ground will suit him just fine. Um, I you'd really hope he'd go to a trial before. I haven't heard any update on him now. He could well have had a setback or something like that. I'm just. Um, have you heard anything about him, Rory? No, no I haven't. But I'd like to. That day. I mean, I like the whole finish third to him. The form has worked out pretty well. Actually, McKellar won next time out. Merlin Magic, he was back in fifth one as well. Roger Charlton doesn't do first time out winners either. His horses are more likely to be tailed on debut than win. Um, so that was very, very likable at the time. But again, you know, I, I haven't been listening to flat rumors over the last two weeks, surprisingly enough. Um, so I don't know what the plan is with them. But yeah, that, you, you make a very good point that he's he's the absolutely unexposed one who looked really exciting last year. That, ladies and gentlemen, was a pointed dig at anybody who hangs around the various different tracks at Newmarket, spying with their binoculars, watching Syed Bin Saror and Sir Michael Stout and John Gosden gallop their horses so that they can write gallop reports and have sneaky information. He's basically saying that's all absolute nonsense and just focus on the form instead. Um, your, your final... <laughs> yeah, I see Roger Charlton has, has been tweeting about him there in the last week I'm still struggling to find um, a mention of a, of, a, of a trial or what have you but he, um, he seems to be very much alive and well good to hear and um, yeah I'd like to see him run in the trial now because it's obviously a big big ask so to, to go straight to a guineas it's more of a short list for you Kevin for, for you Rory can you advise us to get stuck in no I wouldn't be I wouldn't be suggesting you loose off too many arrows this early in the season. Um, things can change very quickly. But you, I would always say that you should bear in mind the various form lines. And, and when you start to see early signs, the particular races are working out well, then, you know, shuffle things around a little bit. Have a, have a dart if you're getting a big price. But I don't think, I don't think anything stands out at this stage as, as being massively overpriced. Okay. Mm. Um I can see Saxon Warrior going off a shorter price in the day, but there's little that makes me want to place a bet in the race. But if I was going to have a bet, it would be that. 1,000 guineas. Watch Darkest Hour the other night. It is absolutely brilliant. Churchill's full sister is Clemmy. Um, And Clemmy features very heavily in the Darkest Hour, so I highly recommend that you check it out. And there's also a new full brother... Who I think has been named after where Churchill was born, if I remember correctly, uh, which is also going to be in training with Aidan O'Brien. Clemmy swept all before her eventually, Kevin. It it took her a little bit of time. To be fair, she was thrown in at the deep end at Royal Ascot, but then uh, she comfortably disposed with Butterscotch. She was a really impressive winner at Newmarket. She was taken out of the the race on uh, Irish St. Ledger Day when we were there, looking forward to seeing her in the Moyglare. But she was really good again against different league at Newmarket, and she's a red hot favourite for the one thousand guineas. What is the latest on the Aidan O'Brien Battalion after your stable tour? We've got Clemmy, Happily, September, Magical, and a whole load of others. 
Yeah, he's just got a great bunch of fillies, doesn't he? And, and Clemmie is, would have been the one that I personally liked the most last season. And for her to be doing what she was doing as a daughter of Galileo, you know, over six furlongs exclusively, mm-hmm. um, was was pretty impressive to yeah. say the least. Um, her her most recent start, I suppose, in the Chevrolet Park is was her best. They'd given her a small bit for, um, they'd given her, uh, they'd ease off for a small bit prior to that, and I thought she was very good. You know, different league. I think it would be a very good was a very good filly last season. She'll be a very good filly this year over sprint trips. She is and now Clemmie just to had, say in training with Aidan O'Brien, she has been transferred to the Aidan O'Brien team. Yeah, she was bought at the at the mayor's sale there, um, and, and transferred to Bally Doyle. Um, and she's you know, I probably the probably they might go poking at her over longer trips just to see. I, I got the impression of of Aiden that you know they, they see her as a sprinter really. Uh, but Clemmy um, yeah, what she did that day was was super impressive. I thought. I think she's very, very good. Again, it was just it's how strong she is late in her races that that really takes my eye. You know, she looks that again. I was saying like they could have they they very much could have run her over seven furlongs last season. That would it wouldn't have been a problem. But they had basically a heap of of really good fillies that were running over seven furlongs, and they felt she had the pace to do it over six. So they kept doing that job with her. Um, it'll be interesting. Like he. he he, he didn't say she was going to struggle to make the guineas or anything, but he did make the point that he wasn't going to put too much pressure on her to get there if it wasn't happening. Um, but I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I suppose afterwards, a few people, after they read that stable tour, they were, they were like, oh, God, is everyone okay with Clemmy? I wouldn't be getting worried now based on those words. I think he was just, um, didn't want to be giving her too much of a, of a build-up. But I, I suspect she's, she's. I get the impression that she's where he wants her to be right now. Okay. Uh, and get and, and as long as, you know, fingers crossed, everything keeps going fine, um, she'll go there. He's not talking about a trial with her. Um, I think he, he, he might have... What? Well, that would be... Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose, yeah. But he, he mentioned that, you know, she doesn't take a huge amount of getting fit um, in terms of the work he has to give her. So I think he... She's one that he might be comfortable just just giving a good wind up to and having her there, Ooh, going straight there in the day. That's a that's a big oh. avoid notice there on Clemmy. So potentially historically, it, you'd be wise to have caught to to perhaps uh, be cautious in um, with regard to that type of preparation yeah. for an O'Brien filly. But um, we we'll wait and see. Look, I, the, I think she's the, I think she's the best of them. Maybe the point to make yeah. is that. Defeat in this race doesn't preclude her from being the best of the O'Brien fillies going forward for the rest of the season. And if she were to be beaten here, it doesn't stop her going on and winning more Group 1s later. Get to the point, Kevin Blake. You had a 50-1 to 1 winner in this race. Where's Winter 2.0? Come on. You've spoken I've to the man. Where is it? I've had a go. Yes. I've had, I've had a go at one. Here we go. Come on. <laughs> because I, I think I, I've officially added having a poke at one at a massive prize for the guineas in March to my, to my other two fun bets of the year now. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Let's go again. Um, and the, the one I've had a poke at, and, it, and the, the fun is largely over, as I'll explain in a minute, but the one I've had a poke at is I Can Fly for this. Um, for, for oh, the no! Guineas. No! Um, and the, and, and, and the reason I say stolen. the fun is over... Well, it wasn't yeah, stolen, like, uh, but Tom Siegel has put it up as well. So it's not... Yeah, he, well, well, I got, well I, got, I got my few quid on before you did. You didn't tell me! <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, 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 the price-wise shout was unexpected. But yeah, fair, anyway. play, play, fair play to Siegel. If he's, if he's thinking along the same lines as you, then he must be right. 
Well, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I, I liked her debut at Dundalk. She was well expected that day and um, she did it very well. Um, again, she, she, she didn't travel with huge fluency, um, but she took a very tight gap down the inside and she got one flick of the whip and, and but again, was very strong late on. And they brought her over to Newmarket just a fortnight later. I think they were, they were very keen uh, by the hands of it just to get more experience into her. They felt she was very raw and in need of an education. Um, so they sent her over to Newmarket onto the, you know, onto the Rolly Mile where you will get a great education. And she ran a super race. She looked like she'd win for, for a few strides and just, just weak and late on in the day. Um, having again just needed a few niggles late early in the race and being a little bit green under pressure. You know, I, I thought it was a, a very promising run. And I just I just picked up that little twinkle in his eye now when he was talking about her. And I didn't and I did last year I went there with, with, with a bit of a fancy myself for winter before I ever talked to him. Mm. And and he only he only gave me encouragement. But I did not this Philly barely made my list now to to even talk about. She's not one that was high up my radar, but I just came away. I, I saw a bit of a glint in his eye talking about her now. Okay. And and and, and I wasn't imagining things because I, I they, he she was um he was asked about her the following day again, and while he didn't he wouldn't while she wouldn't have made many reports coming out of that day because he didn't talk about her for very long. I was paying very close attention to him when he talked about her, and I just saw it again. I just saw another little glint. Um, so I don't think I imagined it, and I I suspect he thinks she's a Group One filly. Um, and she'll, she'll go to a trial um, because I think I get the impression she's a, probably a big raw filly that, that needs a bit more experience. So like Winter, she could go to a trial and, you know, getting beaten wouldn't be the end of the world. But uh, yeah, I, I, I had my few quid in there. Now I missed the 50s. So, so someone clever than me got the 50s, but I had a few quid at 40s. So that's my that's my interest now for the, the my, my financial interest for the classics. Going okay. forward. A couple of things to say. Uh, one, she's still available at 25s and she was sent off favourite for the Oso Sharps. Secondly, you and I are going to have words. Take this out, D. You and I are going to have words. Why didn't you tell me about this horse in his 40s? What's going on here? <laughs> I totally forgot. You totally forgot. You forgot the fact I that you placed tell, a bit. I didn't tell anyone. I, don't, I didn't even tell D. She was giving me stick as well. <laughs> You're an absolute disgrace. You're sending D out in a storm to go and get you skittles. <laughs> You are sending <laughs> producer D out in a snowstorm to go and get you skittles, and then you're forgetting to tell her and me about forty to one shots. You're a disgrace. That's your cheese. Like to be fair now, it's a bit like you know, winter is only going to come once 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 oh, half a fucking century. It's a... uh, well, in terms of weather, <laughs> winter's only going to come like twice a month by the looks of things now. Given given, thanks climate change. Thanks a bunch. But um, uh, I'm not impressed with you, Kevin. All right, D. Yeah, no, no, notice, notice the way they don't call it global warming anymore. They call it climate change. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> oh, Kevin, you got me again with a laugh. You're okay. You're, you're, you're forgiven. You're not, you know. You're still in my bad books. What's this second one that you tilted at? Did you, did you tilt at something else for the guineas? Oh, no, no. No, no, that's me. That's me. That's, that was my only Just my only I can fly. Business. Okay. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's yeah. no... Um, Niarcos horse for the Derby that we should be backing again. Not that I'm aware of. No. Right. <laughs> uh, we Yucatan's were... back. He's back, lads. Yeah. <laughs> Yucatan. Sweet justice for Yucatan in the Coronation Cup. Don't back him for the Coronation Cup. I don't know if that's where he's going, but he'll 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 get it for there for, for us eventually. All right, that's that's your thoughts. Is there anything from the English side of things, Kevin, that you want to focus on, or are you happy with that? 
Um, well, we'll have to touch on a few of the other um, O'Brien fillies just because his squad is so good. But uh, so let's one... let's start with happily then. Okay, cool. On you go. Um, oh yeah, look, sure, our forms in the book isn't it really like I, I just got the impression, you know, forget about America, you know, that was just an yeah. absolute utter disaster. Um, she'd been very good prior to that, but I just, I just got the impression that herself and Magical and one or two others, they're all very good fiddies. But I get the impression that that that, you know, Clemmy is ahead of them. September is a potential, is a potential one that could you know bridge that gap between those two groups, um, like. Again, if she was trained by anyone else, you'd be concerned because she's not overly big. Um, you know, she's she's not the world's best mover, but she's she's staying sound seemingly. And like I, I watched it again this morning. Good Jesus, how unlucky was she? Uh, when, when Lawrence beat her oh, at the Newmarket, sick. I don't think I fully took in just how unlucky she it was, was at sick. the time. But what watching it again? Good God, she should have bolted up. Yeah. She really should have, um, and obviously things went wrong for her in, uh, in America as well. She, she just had a bad draw and got left with too much to do after missing the kick and then flew home. Mm. So, you know, while I, I was very much talking September down after the Chesham, but uh, she, she came back into my back up my estimations uh, later in the season, to be fair to her, and while she wouldn't be my pick of them, uh, she, I'd probably put her second to, to Clemmy in, in that particular pecking order. Okay. Your reasons for talking down September, though, were the fact that she was, uh, it's not after something to say, ludicrously short in the betting for the 1,000 guineas on the back of her Royal Ascot success. And then subsequent yeah, performances. Yeah, that was it. I, th- I think she was a three-to-one shot. It was crazy. Wasn't she? She, she was definitely... I think that was, a, that, was a, that was her main point. It was just a banana. She was brush. definitely 11-to-4, Kev. And, and on the back of that, she ended up not even being... <laughs> Ryan Morris' choice in the debutant stakes on her next start. Like, he wrote happily. So, like, I, I think that does bear re- repeating. But that, to be fair, she's now reasonably enough priced and she could be definitely a horse to... She's going to win group races this season. It's just a matter of which ones uh, will be the ones for her. Anything else from O'Brien's mighty and, team? And, and another deep impact. Another yes, deep, that's right. Another yeah. deep impact as well is worth highlighting. And Noah, I'll come away from Aiden for a minute and just give mention to one just because she's a big old price and um, some of her English listeners in particular might not have taken note of her, note of her at the very back end of the season. Um, a contingent is the horse, yeah, yeah. Rory called it one. Um, train with Dermot Well, Carol Abdullah. Um, watch her winning debut at Leopardstown because it's, it was impressive. Um, by Frankel, um, was was you know, and to be fair to Well now, he obviously had a fairly uh, well, a, a pretty rotten season by Ooh. all accounts. But when it comes to their two-year-olds, they tend to know what they have. And if they're strong in the market first time out, even if they don't win, they, you know, the full course of time tends to show that they they were pretty much right. And this one, this filly was very well found in the market. She was very well backed, and she just she was impressive. She really was. She was dropped in, a uh, very wide spin around the home turn, and just picked up really well, really well, and put the race to bed. Uh, the second is actually a really nice filly as well. Um, if we want to make an attempt to pronounce this, algebra um, sounds like the Arab version of algebra, but um, basically, and she was she made a lovely debut as well for Kevin Prendergast. I think they're two real nice fillies that, you know, with Weld and Prendergast, you're always likely thinking, oh, maybe you'll be more of an Irish one thousand guineas filly, uh, because they don't like to be in too much of a rush early on in the season. But I didn't note um, at Nace yesterday. Now the dirt. Uh, uh, more than a couple of Dermot Wells look very well and 
I've often found that at the very beginning of the season that Wells can, can be very hairy and very backward. But um, if more than a couple now look well, so it, 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 in the, I have, I'm going to speak to him for ATR now um, within the next week, hopefully, so we'll get the full rundown. But I suspect he might have his team nice and forward. Okay. And, that, and that's a plug, not a name drop. Okay. Big difference. I, I was, <laughs> first of all, I was going to say that. Second, second, of, second of all... Sorry, I was trying. I was trying desperately not to laugh. Uh, I did no, no. I did hear the snigger. Yeah, right during it, um, which sounds like the Arab version of algebra. <laughs> algebra is Arab, you idiot. Is it? <laughs> the, hey, I I would never claim to be a genius. If that's true, it's something I did not know. <laughs> Algebra is that comes... true, Rory? I don't, I don't, I don't trust Kennedy in matters of interest. No, no, is that never, true? Al- never trust Kennedy. Algebra comes from seconds. Arabic. <laughs> well, I think what Kevin means is that appears to be the the modern Arabic spelling. Oh, oh yeah, Rory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's of course, of course. Listen, listen. Yeah. Kevin Blake doesn't need you to bail him out when he's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on now, hold on. Algebra is an English word. It's from the Arab algebir. <laughs> Which means the reunion of broken parts, according to uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go, Kennedy. It's not oh, Arabic at all. No, 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 it's derived no, no. from an Arabic word, but it's very much English. Exactly. Whereas algebra, whereas algebra clearly is an Arab word. <laughs> this is Kevin Blake desperately clutching. Desperately clutching. Right, let's wrap up your 1,000 guineas thoughts, Kevin. If I push you for a bet right now, who's it going to be? It's going to be I Can Fly. Oh, it's I, it's I Can Fly, clearly. Absolutely. Okay. All right. We're all getting stuck into I Can Fly. We have to take a 50% discount on the price we got on winter, but we can still dream with 25 to 1 about I Can Fly. Rory DeLarge, following Kevin Blake's footsteps. Two things. One, Kevin, when you speak to Dermot Weld about contingent, ask him about imaging as well. No, yeah. Because it'll be very interesting him. He's got an entry in the um, in the Gladness Sticks, which used to be the go-to trial for the Guineas back mm. in the back in the old days. Yeah, to take on the older horses, obviously, but uh, no one wants to do that these days. Um, and the horse that beat Imaging on debut is one of Jesse Harrington's called the King, I think. Mm. And that, yes, that's, that's a very him, yeah. form line. But getting back to the Phillies, um, I, I was saying off air to you, Emmett. That I, I did a piece for the Irish Racing Yearbook. Yep. I wasn't allowed to talk about Irish classic prospects. <laughs> uh, I could I could dig out the French ones and the German ones and the English ones and the Scottish ones. The very few Scottish ones, in fairness. Um, but I did manage to sneak one in. Yeah, take that. Take that, Braveheart. Because... Take that, Mark Johnston. Because <laughs> um, different league was officially French last year, wasn't she? Yes. Nah. Um, to all to all intents and purposes Irish uh, and it's interesting she's made the move to um, uh, to Inverbrand for this season I like her a lot and I know there's an obvious reason why she won't win the Guineas in that uh, um, she's only raced at, at uh, up to six furlongs to date and she's got a lot of speed but a lot of thousand Guineas winners are blessed with plenty of speed anyway um, she's probably going to go to the thousand Guineas trial at Leopardstown so she's going the winter route um, and I think she just might surprise Aiden with how good she is. I think she was the most underrated two-year-old of the entire season last year. 
Mm. Um, her run behind Clemmie at Newmarket was superb. She was drawn right in the middle of the track, which is a horrible draw. Um, and she was clearly second best on the day, which is miles better than the rest of the opposition. Um, she, um, I thought it was really impressive um, how she won the Albany at Royal Alaska. We were all on the wrong horse that day, weren't we? Um, we were on, uh, on yes, Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri. Yeah, but but she bullied Alpha Centauri through that race, Did. and I thought that was I thought that was a, a, an impressive run. She didn't win by far, obviously. Um, the winner was the runner-up was very well developed. I just think Different League is one of those who's just because of where she came from. Uh, she was with uh, Mathieu Pelissier last year. Um, she might just surprise. I, I think she will be absolutely top-notch this season. The mm. chances are that she'll be a six-furlong horse, um, but if she stays a seven-furlong at Leperstown first time out. And she she leapfrogs a few in the pecking order for Aiden. Um, she could be one of those, you know, a, a completely different kind of winter. A, a horse uh, in a in a similar mould in that she's come from another yard. Yeah, I've been shown promise last year, but she, you know, she's there for all to see. The, the, her form is at the top level, or, or you know, or very close to the top level all season. Um, and she's been overlooked because people are looking for dark horses, and they might not they might not need to look for dark horses. Um, when you've got a filly of such ability there in the first place, so yeah, stamina has to be a concern. But if you if you fish around on you know on the exchanges at the moment, I reckon you might get fifty to one about her. Yeah, you can you certainly get. Yeah, you'll get close to that, um, and I think that's worth taking a bit of a punt on. You can mm. certainly post up and and try and get it anyway. But I'd say you get fifties, no problem. Um, in terms of the traditional bookmakers, she's a twenty-five to one shot easily. Just a quick note here on this Rory so you were asked to write about horses specifically that weren't Irish you knew yeah. this horse had gone to Aidan O'Brien but you wrote about her anyway no 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 I, I, I don't know when did she officially go ah, yeah. um, she right. was sold at the beginning of December well there you go well, I, wrote, I wrote my piece in October so, ah, all right. You, you managed so, to get away with that. I, 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 well be, I was about, well I, I was about to make it. I was about to make it. <laughs> nicely done there, Rory. Nicely done there. That's a nice bonus I for you. I was about now. to make a strong accusation of anti-Irish bias. Undeniable there, but <laughs> yeah. you, you managed to escape. That's okay. <laughs> uh, let's stay with the Phillies and go to the Oaks, the second last race that we're going to preview in this podcast. Uh, happily, September, they're the ones who currently sit at the top of the market. So we're very much uh, dealing with a crossover here from the 1,000 guineas, Kevin. Um, again, the thoughts of Aidan O'Brien on this race. Oh, very little talked about on this race, to be honest, Emmett, for the simple reason that I think an awful lot of his Oaks prospects will be will be Guinea's horses first. And it'll be, it'll be a case of what comes through. Um, one that I would give a mention to, that just because quite literally it was the only comment that I heard that, that referenced, you know, Oaks stamina really for a filly and was magical. Um, who again was one of those that's in the mix with Happily and a couple of others as being high class, but we don't know if she's top class just yet. But he he made an interesting comment that he you know she's going to go down the same route. She could well run in a trial and then go to the Guineas. But he made the point of saying that, um, and this isn't in the this isn't in the stable tour. I got I got this off him the the, the following day. Um, and tweeted it, but he he made he made sure to emphasise the point that he thinks she'll stay better than her sister, who was rhododendron, um, and who you know she stays well enough to be fair to her. She's you know probably a ten furlong filly, yeah, 
um, and finished second in the Oaks to enable. But he made the point of saying he does she. I think she will stay better than 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 Rhododendron, which which I thought was, was really interesting with a view to the Oaks because she is a big old price and uh, her form while you know be put, only really putting her in amongst the rest of them. It's still high class form, you know. She's still just touched off in a group two winner, just touched off in a group one, and if she does stay as well as, as Aiden thinks she will, you know, she could potentially make that step up to to top class level. And she's the only one I really mentioned because the rest is it's all a case of what they do, how they shape in the guineas, and uh, where where do they go from there? Where do they go to an Oaks trial or the Irish guineas or what have you? But that's the only one that, that really pricked my ears with a view to the Oaks. Okay, and she's a 25 to 1 shot as well. Um, interesting to say the least. I have a feeling we're going to be doing a world famous Lucky 15 for the final forum podcast on these <sighs> classics. So, oh, there's, there's only four classics. So, you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but Kevin, there's classics in Ireland, there's classics in France. But, um, Tish, Rory, your thoughts as a 25 to 1 shot there that Kevin is mentioning from uh, Aidan O'Brien. We'll get his thoughts on, on anything else that we should mention, but over to you for your thoughts on the Epsom Oaks. Oh, you um, can't say that. I did not, it, not I did it to rise people deliberately. <laughs> the Oaks. Um, the one that I have in my mind for that race at this stage, and again, uh, one I, I put up in the um, in the Irish Racing Yearbook this year is um, Wild Illusion, trained by Charlie Appleby. Um, a lot of the, the fillies we saw in, in top class action last year would be uh, fillies who'd be best around a mile um, next season. But Wild Illusion is a daughter of Dubawi out of uh, the Monsonmer uh, rumour who stayed two miles. Um, and Wild Illusion maybe stole the Marcel Boussac at uh, Shanti on her final start last year. She's getting a very, very good ride um, by James Doyle to beat Polly Dream. Um, and if she met Polly Dream again this year over a mile, I think that uh, Freddie Head's filly would probably get the better off her. But she's going to stay a mile and a half while the illusion. There's no, there's no doubt about that on pedigree. Um, and with so few others in the Oaks market um, having showed her level of ability and also promising to stay the trip, I think she's the only one that I would want to mention for that race. Okay. That's your uh, selection, so, and it's a big price. You can get at least 16s, uh, a minimum of 12s, but you can definitely get 16s about Wild Illusion, a Group 1 winner already in France. Kevin, is there anything else you want to mention for the Oaks? No, that's it, I'm afraid. Perfect. All right, so we're getting a 25-to-1 shot of Magical, and we're getting a 16-to-1 shot from Rory in Wild Illusion. And this then takes us to the Derby. One of the most prestigious races of the season and the one we all want to crack anti-post. So we go back to Saxon Warrior again, Kevin. Uh, a shortest fours for this race, seven to two in places. The Pentagon still uh, being heavily mentioned. So let's find out the latest so from Team Ballydoyle. What was Aiden telling you regarding his derby contenders? Or was it a similar line to his Oaks ones? No, I have nothing more to add on the likes of Saxon Warrior and what have you. You know, I think that it's a case of, of run them in the guineas and see what happens really before. You know, I, certainly I'll be reserving judgment on his derby prospects until we see him at Newmarket. But there are a few others here that will be sent down the derby trial, derby route that are definitely worth talking about. So the Pentagon, um, the f- so, is, is a horse that was talked about quite a bit last season. He would definitely be one that needs to be discussed. 
Yeah, I think he's really interesting, and I think that, that he's been well found in the market now in the last couple of weeks. He shortened up notably. Um, I look, you, you couldn't help but be impressed with him when he won his maiden at the Curra. Um, Anna rode him there. He won by half the track. Mm. Um, he was a little bit more workmanlike on his next start in uh, the Tyros, I believe it was. Um, didn't set everybody light, but I, I felt he was still a bit green and raw. And he had a, he had a wee setback after that, I believe. And they just had to rush, and they, they really wanted to get a run into him. One more run, just for the, the education. And they got him back in time for Doncaster. And, you know, Aiden said, Look, I, I didn't really expect him to run well. Um, and he ran better than he thought he would because he, he, he was going there feeling like that he, very, he, he would very much need the run. And if you watch him back, like he, he's run a lovely race to finish third. Mm. Um, you know, never nearer, not knocked about, um, shaped like a horse that would stay much further. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a lovely horse. He's a fluid mover, big, long stride. And there's an awful lot to like about him now. And he is a derby horse. I'd say his... Um, I wouldn't have any great concerns about his stamina now, looking at his pedigree. Um, there's an awful lot of stamina in that page. And the way he shapes as well, I would, I would, the way he moves, I wouldn't have any worries about the track. You know, he ticks an awful lot of the boxes now. And Aiden didn't... That, that's my own view. Uh, and Aiden didn't really say anything to, to put me off um, be, being keen on him now. Um, I think he's going to go for a trial and then potentially go on to Epsom. And yeah, I think he's really interesting. Yeah. There were a number of people who were questioning that tire stakes. I remember watching it on ATR. He was unbalanced, wasn't he? And then he just flew home. Like, it was more greenness than anything else. Yeah, I, I thought he was just green myself. I think he was a big, big raw coat. And, you know, sometimes they can fool, you know, he looked a machine when he won, yeah. uh, when he won his maiden, but he, he probably didn't learn a whole lot there. And when they go up in class, they just have to be that bit more streetwise and they can't find them out. And, and we saw that on, on numerous occasions with with Aidan O'Brien Coles last season, that they won their maiden, looked good, and went into better company and filled their trousers just because they weren't um, experienced enough and were just caught out by rawness, you know, rather than lack of ability. And I think he was a, he was an example, even though he won, I think he was an example of it that, that day at that percent. Should we mention the fact that he was sent off such a short price favourite for that? Because we, we've talked about Aidan O'Brien horses being sent off, Willie Mullins, Aidan O'Brien horses being sent off such short price favourites. And, and that that can be indicative of what they they think of them. He was a big price on debut, and he was a big price reasonably enough when Anna won on him. But you know that's a that's a group race, and he was being sent off a very short price for it. Yeah, he was actually a bit of a gamble the day he won um, uh, with Anna um, at the Curra. He was he was actually well backed down for bigger prices, and I think he was, he was just so impressive that day. He was he absolutely bolted up, and I think that that accounts for the the price the next day as much as anything. But uh, for me, the key run to focus on is the is is the run of the the RP Trophy. Okay. Because I, I just think he sh- I just think he shaped really well. Yep. All right. And as you said, he has been heavily back backed for the Derby since Rory. We're going to be rowing in with the Pentagon, a well named horse for Coolmore for you. Who is your idea of the Derby winner twenty eighteen? Uh yeah, t- tough to be absolutely adamant about it at this stage. Um, but I will um. I will rule in with Pentagon as one of two that, that is um, are interesting in the race for me. Oi, oi. Um, I love his pedigree. He's out of a out of an Unforwin mare. I, I thought Unforwin was a was a tremendous racehorse. Um, he was a, a brother to Nashwan. Didn't quite um, didn't quite get the credit that Nashwan did. He was more of a more of a grinder Unforwin, um, but a, a tremendous racehorse himself. And um, 
uh, if he takes after his um, his sire, the Pentagon, he'll have no trouble staying the mile and a half trip. So he'd be um, he'd be on my radar. And one that I mentioned um, in passing earlier on, um, who will be a big big price, uh, and he's in this and the and the Irish Derby is is uh, Jesse Harrington's The King, um, who was uh, impressive, winning a maiden at um, at Gore and then a second start last year, beating Imaging. Um, I thought that was uh, a decent piece of form. I thought he was um, the type to uh, to make into a, a group class mile and a half horse this season. He's going to again. He's got the right kind of pedigree for it. So you must be you must be looking at a massive price for him. I would have thought at this stage. I'm still um, scrolling down the screen. here. Yeah, he's you know he's only he's only won a maiden, um, and it was a Goran maiden, and people aren't really looking at those races. But uh, he, he's one I'd want to follow this season through his um his trials for the classics we have seen a number of, of horses actually come along from Gore. not that i'd be biased about my home track or anything like that but we, we have seen a number of horses emerge from there actually and, and turn out to be derby contenders not necessarily derby winners but certainly contenders so uh i'm, I'm still scrolling here rory this this is your this is yeah. your final selection for the derby would this actually be your selection for the derby alongside the pentagon no i i, I don't know i don't know where he's going um, that's the thing, um, and he's only won a maiden. But he's, you know, he's. If you're going to look for horses for the classics, I think you, you want to have three or four um, in your short list and just keep a very close eye on them and uh, and wait for developments. But um, I've I've heard nothing about. I mean, I'm sure you will hear something about the king reasonably soon, um, assuming he's still um, he's still with Jessie because she she has her blog now, um, and we're not far away from from the yeah, trials for the. Um, for those races, but he's in the he's in the Irish two thousand. He's in the Irish Derby. He's got in the it. Derby and, um, I've got it. Yeah. On Matchbook, he's one hundred and three. With the bookmakers, he's sixty sixes. Yeah, I mean you're, you're you're taking a you're taking a pot shot, and you could probably ask for a bigger price than than he is at the moment anyway. Um, but I think he's an interesting one at um at a price. Again, races the mile and a half races for three year olds are really tough ones to get involved in. Andy Post because those a good chance that you either haven't seen the Derby winner or you've just seen him win a maiden race at the back end. Yeah. You know, looking looking at the horses who've shown form good enough to win the Derby at this stage is uh, is often a, a pointless task. So, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be the biggest fan of having a lucky fifteen on the first four classics on well, the M Well but, guess what? Um, we're gonna do it. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> It is worth mentioning that uh, Rule the World hadn't even run yet and then ended up winning the Derby. And we, we've seen a couple of instances of that as well. Um, yeah, 66 to 1 about the King. That's an account closer if I've ever saw one. Okay, let's uh, let's go for it, so. Well, there's a couple of others here, Emma. Definitely go for it. Talking Tell about. me. Um, Amadeo Modigliani, who there's been plenty of talk about the last little while. Aiden gave some big quotes there to other publications. Um, I, I'd be concerned about him now as a derby horse mm. um, I think he could be faster than that uh, I think it'll be a fair training achievement I've made to get this fella to stay a mile and a half again a little bit like um, expert eye like, fundamentally he should, he should stay if he settles well enough but you watch his races back and he takes a strong hold and by god he was impressive at Galway um, on on a second start, he exploded clear. Yeah, and like he's a re- he's a really good horse, I'd say. But I just I, I just I think it's really interesting that they're going to go um, that they're going to go down the Derby Trail route with him. He, he made an interesting comparison actually to 
St. Nicholas Abbey in that he felt that this fella, the, the two of them are both very natural and they, they'll do, they, they, you know, they're so keen to please, to, to please them. And they gave St. Nicholas Abbey a bit of a squeeze to get into the guineas and they felt they just sent them the wrong way. So now that they've come across, you know, a, a, perhaps a similar type of horse, they're just going to take the cautious approach and focus on relaxing him and getting him to to give to give himself a chance to stay further. And if they need to come back to a mile afterwards, so be it. Um, but I, I think he's he's a Group One horse in the making for sure. But I wouldn't be uh, rolling in for the Derby myself. I think he he just he just looks too quick. He just looks too quick. If he can carry that speed over a mile and a half, good luck to him beating him. But uh, I'd just be very worried about him now uh, at the minute. Given the fact that he's been such a market mover, Kevin, and he is as short as, as eights with a lot of the bookmakers, and you've got that quote with St. Nicholas Abbey, is it worth mentioning then that you think that as a three-year-old, it could be a bit of a stretch for him to get, a, get that trip, but that maybe later in life, if he's, if he's in training as an older horse at Ballydoyle, that then he could be a Breeders' Cup turf type like uh, the late, great St. Nicholas Abbey? Oh, look, of course he could, but it just depends on how how well Aiden succeeds in getting him settled. Right. You know, that's that's the key. That's the key here. You know, he has the pedigree to stay a mile and a half, absolutely. Um, but I'd say there's an awful lot of speed in there, and I I suspect, and hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I suspect he might end up being a, a mile or maybe a ten furlong horse in, in due course. Okay. Uh, anything else to mention? Yeah, one from the other side of the of the pond. Kenya. Uh, and, and I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna have a go at pronouncing this. I, I watch I watch all these videos on silent as not to be not to be influenced by the commentary. So I have no idea how you pronounce this. Well, hold on a second, Kevin. A... Hold on a second. Are you telling me you didn't listen to the expert pronunciations of Desi? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is a a charity Appleby horse called. Um, well, I'm gonna go with Gaiat. Gaiat. That's good enough for me. G-A-I-Y-Y-A-T-H. Gaia. Yeah. That's my best effort, Anaway. Sona Dubawi out of Nighttime, who was Galileo's very, very first classic winner when she won the Irish 1000 Guineas for Dermot Weld. Um, I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> and um, she's already produced Zukova, who's a, a very talented filly, to be fair, by Fastnet Rock. And he's had three starts. He's won the last two. The, the latter two at Newmarket. And again, what just caught me eye with him now watching watching his videos this morning was just how strong he was in the final furlong of his races. Uh, really powerful late on. Looks like a horse that, that you know, he was running exclusively over a mile and he looked like a real middle distance horse in the making to me. So, you know, Dubawi's generally trained on notably well from two to three. And uh, for one that will step up and trip, I presume, and maybe I'd imagine we'll go down the Derby Trail route. I think he's one to keep an eye on. Okay. He's been in Dubai for the winter, so it'll be very interesting to see um, what they're going to do with him. I think the rumor was the Dante route. So that would be music. Yeah. Music to your ears, Kevin Blake, if they decide to do that uh, from the Charlie Appleby horse, Gaia. Or as, or as Donald Trump would call him, Gaina. Okay. There's no point in talking about the St. Ledger, so let's go for it. Let's get the Lucky 15 final furlong podcast picks from Kevin Blake, Roy Do you know what we should do, Emmett? We, we should record a bit of a sweeper just for when we do this, because we do this at the, at the end of pretty much every episode. We should just have a little sweeper. You, you, you could even call it a disclaimer, 
just to let the <laughs> listeners know that we have never come remotely close to landing one of these ever in five years of a podcast never so what what you're looking for let's see if we can do this on the fly so because so so statistically I'm, we're due one lads i'm, I'm looking the, exactly yeah it's, it's like that coin flip it's obviously going to be that's the that's the way it works it's obviously going to yeah. be heads next if it's if it's been if it's been tails 10 times then it has to be heads on the 11th so no, it's fives on to be heads, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It tens on, <laughs> Kevin. This is a good thing. So Producer D is saying that we are cut for time and we don't have time to go and make a, a sweeper afterwards. So she says we're to do this on the fly. And this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, the Final Farlam podcast has never even remotely come close to landing a lucky 15, lucky 31, lucky 63 patent or anything of that kind. That, however, being said... The team are now about to give you the lucky 15, which afterwards, when you bet on it, you can do this. And throw it in the bin. Right. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Lord. Who are we going for for the 2,000 guineas? We know what the 1,000 guineas bet is going to be, but the 2,000 guineas, who's it going to be? Rory. Um, LR Camp. Kevin. But do I have to give it 2,000 as well? Yes. No, no, we'll give, go LR Cam, yeah. No, no, who do you want to back in the 2,000 guineas? I don't really want to back anyone. Well, you're not going to ask me who I want well, to back in the 1,000 guineas, are you? Well, in that case, <laughs> in that case, we'll go with LR Cam. Rory, you're yeah, vetoed yeah, yeah. in the 1,000 guineas. It's I can fly. <laughs> Rory, <laughs> Rory, the Oaks. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, wild Illusion. Wild Illusion is Ooh, the only one I get. Interesting. Possibly... We get a big price there. Kevin? Magical Ops, presume for um, you? No, well, no, me and Rory will split this down the middle. He can, he, we'll, have, we'll have Wild Illusion and okay. I'll have Derby. All right. And this means, Kevin Blake, the Derby goes to... The Pentagon. Ah, I knew you were going to say the Pentagon. There you go. That's our lucky 15. We'll see you all in Dubai. Or we will also be throwing it in the dustbin... <laughs> Just like you. Uh, in the next edition just, of the Final Farm Podcast. If, if anyone actually does these, can you tweet us? And just let us know that you do it, because I suspect nobody does these. Can you? Nobody. Well, I will not one person. charity who can help you. I do, know, I do know for a fact that there are a number of Final Farm Podcast listeners who did Lucky 15s based on Cheltenham. And the reason I know is because there were a number of our listeners who had Tiger Roll. And they were quite pleased with you, Kevin Blake. So congratulations. Well done. Oh, some guy, some guy sent us a slip. Yeah. Um, with, yeah. With, with Fabulous Sag on it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd, he'd winners on it, the Fabulous Saga. Oh. Yeah, it was sick. And Fabulous Saga was 7-4 on. Not to really rub it in. <laughs> Fabulous Saga oh. was 7-4 on and running. If it makes you feel better, Rory, Kevin and myself all hugged each other after that race because we all thought we had the winner of that. But anyway... We'll get there in the end. Our next edition of the Final Forum podcast sees the boys focus on the handicappers for the flat. Oh, yeah. This is where the real gold starts to emerge. Uh, so that'll be later on. This is on. the first I've heard of this. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Because I'm being told... Of course, the handicappers for the flats could, could well be the horses that we thought were classic prospects for the flats. <laughs> and who will soon be running in handicaps. And the Pentagon there. is going to be a good thing in that handicap at Royal Ascot later in the season. So, yeah, we, uh, we will discuss that with the team 
uh, later in the week. And until then, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully there's some golden nuggets of information in there. Uh, and if I can fly, can win the 1,000 guineas yet again for <laughs> Kevin Blake, then it's just going to be... I, the amount of people who tweet Kevin going, enough of this, where's the 50 to 1 shot? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable pressure. Just appreciate what he did and hopefully he can do it again. So now that we have spent conservatively an hour and 24 minutes talking about flat racing, I'm delighted to say we're back talking about jumpers at the weekend. It's the Irish Grand National at Ferry House, which will include the inaugural running of the York Hill Chase. Uh <laughs> What? The York Hill Chase. <laughs> he just decides to run out chasing ambulances instead of actually jumping fences in the right direction. So, um, who's going to run in that race this year, Kevin? The Ryanair Chase. Um, boo, boo, boo. I don't know off the top of my head. How <laughs> you, you can't, we can't do a full podcast on Classic Horse and then you throw me fucking googlies about Ryanair Gold Cups. And that is racing expert Kevin Blake, whose articles you... <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, your mindset is is fixed. It's it's fixed on fifty to one classic winners and twenty five to one classic winners instead. So we're going to talk about the Irish Grand National, which I presume Bells Hill wins. Uh, so the episode title will probably be Bells Hill wins all. Uh, we'll also talk about the the Ryanair Gold Cup and uh, anything else of note. There's that really good novice hurdle. Will the arena turn up? We shall find out. So we'll d- discuss that at the weekend uh, on Thursday's show because Easter is very much in sight. So we'll record that for you early Thursday, get it out, and hopefully there'll be the Irish Grand National winner in there. From Matchbooks, Rory DeLarge. Goodbye, and the very best of luck to you. From Kevin Blake. Good luck. And from Amos Kennedy, thank you for listening. Thanks for all the kind words on the social media. We will chat to you again for Easter on the Final Four on Podcast. God bless. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, Expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracers.com forward slash app for more details.